Hey, good morning, everyone. It's good to be here. Good to see some uh, smiling faces I haven't seen for a while. Hey, Feather, I'm glad you showed up. <laughs> Dave, you know, some others that I haven't seen in a while. It's, it's so encouraging to be here. And thank you for all of you online. I, uh, I'm looking forward to, to talking about being a disciple, uh, being a disciple. Uh, I don't know if you knew it or not, or if you've been reading some of the things I've been writing, but did you know that uh, a disciple was mentioned more than 150 times in the Gospels and Acts? Uh, and as I looked at uh, what Jesus had to say about being a disciple, it, it really opened my eyes up. It, it took, it, to be honest, it took my Christianity to another level to realize that not only am I called a Christian, but uh, Jesus wants me to be his disciple. And uh, I think that's so important to understand. Uh, I took it to heart, and uh, it gave me a new, just I felt like a, a breath of fresh air on understanding of, of the, my commitment to Jesus and what it means and what it has meant over the years. Uh, a disciple is a, a dedicated follower of Christ. Uh, back in Jesus' day, uh, they weren't, didn't call them Christians, they called them disciples. Anybody who would follow Jesus, you were a disciple. Uh, and uh, understanding discipleship, I think, is so important. Um, you know, we, we receive Jesus as our Lord and Savior, and uh, you know, at least for me, when I did it, I was 20, and I really didn't realize the commitment that Jesus called me to do. I, uh, I, I, I knew it was right, the right thing to do, but I sort of didn't know what I was getting into. Um, but, uh, you know, Jesus says, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Um, you know, and I think one of the best definitions of a disciple is a, uh, a, uh, an apprentice. I don't know if uh, you've ever been an apprentice to anything. Uh, I have. Uh, I happened to grow up in a, a family of carpenters. And uh, my father was a carpenter, my grandfather was a carpenter, my uncle was a carpenter, my other uncle was a carpenter. They all worked together. And so I had no choice but to be a carpenter. And uh, so I, I grew up uh, watching my father you know, telling me to go get this tool and that tool. And I used to dread it because I didn't know the difference between a nail puller and a flat bar. You know, so he'd say, go get that nail puller. And I'd go, oh, no, i got to go to the toolbox and find it. You know, and I'd always bring back the wrong one. But eventually, <laughs> eventually through practice and listening to my dad and my, my grandfather had this great woodworking shop down, downstairs in his house. I used to go down and he had all kinds of things going on. The entire cellar was organized and I said, wow, what a, what a carpenter he was, uh, what a craftsman he was. So I, I learned how to be a carpenter from my uncle and my dad and, and a whole bunch of, and I, I turned out to be a real good carpenter. Uh, I, I was eventually the top finished man. I became a foreman. I, I did it, but because it was a day-in, day-out process from age 13 till I was probably 22. In those uh, nine years, I learned so much that Dad put me in charge of all these 40, 50-year-old guys. And uh, it was just amazing is because I, I was a good apprentice. I really learned and sponged off of everybody. And I still do this to the very day. If, if, I, if I find out something about a pizza, uh, a different pizza or a different... Uh, a different way of doing things in the restaurant. I, I learn, I sponge, I sponge it in. I can't wait to get some new information. That's, that's how a disciple should be. That's how each of us should be. We should be an apprentice of Jesus. You know, it, and, uh, to be a real follower of him, we gotta, he says, commit your life to me. Take up your cross and follow me. Um, and it, it was so popular, and I think it's, I don't, th I don't hear it much today. 
I don't hear anyone say I'm a disciple of Jesus, you know, but I'm proud to say that I'm a disciple of Jesus. And I pray this is my message today to you, to be a disciple of Jesus, to take your Christianity to another level. It's not sitting in the pews and just coming each Sunday and singing all the songs and, and listening. It's, it's really being, coming alongside of Jesus and learning exactly what he has in store for you. And, and the, the sto- what he has in store for you is more amazing than you can ever imagine. I've been, I've been a Christian for going on, on you know, 45, 50 years, and it's amazing. It's amazing the family, the, the, the contacts, the, the, the people that I've been able to work with, and the encouragement I get from all of you guys uh, as we, we get together and study the Word of God. So let's look at Matthew 16, 24 through 27. This is uh, where it begins. Jesus, then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross, and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory with his angels, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. I will say um, the toughest part for me was to, to deny myself. I think that's, that, that's sort of where it all begins. And that's probably the last thing, as a Christian, I think I took care of. You know, I really did a, a, a lot of many things over the years. And to be honest, I, I did them for Jesus, and I did them in his name, and I know it was for his glory. But I still, deep down, couldn't deny myself. I, I still loved myself and what I was accomplishing. And, uh, and, you know, God has blessed me with all these abilities and talents, and I, I didn't deny myself. And I think we need to, to really do that. You know, I think I, I like the feel-good stories. I like David and Goliath. I love, the, you know, preaching about the, the good things uh, that he has done for us. But to be honest, you know, I was a good leader, but a, sort of a bad follower of Jesus uh, deep down. Uh, you know, I, I looked like a great Christian, but I couldn't deny myself. I, I can tell you I, I wasted more than 10 years of my life, 10 prime years of my life chasing softball. I, I was a, a very good softball coach. My, my daughters played softball, and Nick played baseball and basketball and all things, but I, I fell in love with softball because I could teach girls how to windmill and whip that ball uh, 60 or 70 miles an hour, and I was super successful at it. And I, to be, I wasn't hungering and thirst for righteousness. I was hungering and thirst for the next championship. And I, I did uh, won, won six championships in a row. I wasted... Uh, so much time chasing that thing. And to be honest, you know, if I had put Jesus first and been a disciple of Jesus, you know, I don't know if I would have won all those championships, but I, I would have brought more people to Jesus. Not a single one of the girls I ever coached came to Jesus. Uh, you know, and it was fun, but I, I was building myself up and not my Lord and Savior. And I really wasted that time. And uh, I encourage all of us not to waste our time. We've, we follow things that, uh, that aren't putting Jesus first. You know, and that's really being follow of Jesus, being a disciple of Jesus. Let's look at Philippians 3. Whatever we are going to, 
But whatever was going to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the great, because of the surpassing greatness worth of knowing Jesus Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from uh, the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. I want to know Christ, yes, to know the power of his resurrection, participation in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. You know, Paul is telling, that's the cost of discipleship. That's giving up everything. And I said this before, I consider it garbage that I wasted 10 years chasing that softball dream. I, I would have, I know God would have blessed me with so much more over that period of 10 years, and, and we all do the same thing. Uh, deny yourself and your, your selfish desires, and know Christ, and put our faith in him. You know, back to Matthew 16, 24. He says, not only to deny yourself, but take up your cross and follow me. Um, I don't know about you, but I've, I've often wondered, what is my cross? What does he mean by take up my cross and follow me? For me, my cross is teaching the word of God. For me, my cross is the next person that walks in that door that I can share Jesus with. That's my cross. I don't know what your cross is. Last Sunday in, in church, uh, um, Jules shared that her cross was sharing the gospel with, with senior citizens. And, uh, uh, and others have told me they, through their work they bring people to Jesus. And, and we need to t- take, not only deny ourselves, but we need to take up our cross. And uh, what, how do we do that? How do we do that? You know what I say? We look at Jesus. We, we wash feet. We talk about forgiveness and be a forgiver. We meet all people where they're at. We put down those stones that we like to throw at those, that certain person. Put them down. We listen to people. We read the book of James. The Monday Night Men have been look, reading the book of James. It's an awesome book. I, I tell everybody it's a sim- simple, short book of just a few chapters. Read the book of James. That's Jesus, brother. You know, faith without works is dead. Your cross is your ministry that brings glory to God. Um, Again, he goes on and says, for whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will find it. What good will it be for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? For the Son of Man is going to come in his Father's glory, and then he will reward each person according to what they have done. Notice that last verse. You know, each of us are going to be rewarded for what we've done. I'm telling you, brothers and sisters, be a disciple of Jesus. And your reward will be unbelievable. Not only when Jesus comes back, but for the here and now. I tell you from, from many years of experience, it's worth it. Commit your life to Jesus. Stop wasting time doing and making up excuses why you're not serving your Lord and Savior. Jesus will reward your discipleship. When he comes back, oh, I can't wait, but I, I, I don't know about that reward. You know, I wasted some time, but I'm, I'm trying to make up for it by being a disciple of Jesus, being a real follower. A disciple really knows God's word. Uh, he, again, in Luke chapter 9, 23 through 26. Then he said to them all, 
again, shares the same thing that Matthew wrote. Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, take up their cross daily and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. Whoever loses their life for me will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet lose or forfeit their very self? Whoever is ashamed of me and my words, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in glory and in the glory of the Father and of the angels. Um, the most important thing, brothers and sisters, is get your Bible out. Get your Bible out daily. Don't let it be sitting on the shelves. I, I, I shudder at, the, at being ashamed of my Lord and Savior. I want to know his word. I want to know his will for my life. And each day is a, is a blessing. I've grown so much in just reading about being a disciple. And I encourage you to do the same thing. Um, you call yourself a disciple, you stand on God's word. There's nothing like it. Um, I love it in Bible study in that room. It's, it's full every Sunday morning at 9.30, 9.35 sometimes. But it's, 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 it's full of Christians with their Bibles wide open and sharing their stories of what Jesus has done in their lives. I encourage you to get back into Bible study. Don't just come to service. You know, service is it's sort of like an appetizer. Bible study is the meat, getting into God's word, sharing what he has done in your life. Let's flip over to Luke chapter 9, 57 through 62. You say you will follow me wherever you go. Here's what Jesus says. As they were walking along the road, a man said to him, I will follow you wherever you go. Jesus replied, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, let me go bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. Jesus replied, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. Um, here we see three different people wanting to be a disciple. Um, and, and Jesus uh, hands it to them. He says, uh, don't, you cannot look back. You've got to look forward. And, and Jesus isn't saying, get rid of your family. No way. Jesus doesn't say that. Jesus is saying, put me first and your family will be blessed. Put me first and you're going to go and save somebody that I have in store for you. You know, no one who puts their hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. We are here to serve, and, see, and uh, Jesus will do the saving. Um, and a disciple won't compromise. You know, 2 Timothy 1.7 says, For God did not give us a spirit of timidity, but a spirit of power, of love, and of self-discipline. You have the Holy Spirit living in you, wanting to go out and, and do great things with your life. Be a disciple of Jesus. Learn from him every single day. Glean from his word. Uh, you know, you were created to be like God. Look at Ephesians 4, verse 20. This, however, is not the way of life you learn. When you heard about Christ and were taught in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus, you were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitudes of your minds, and put on that new self created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's a tall standard. Paul raises the, the level. He says, how, how were you taught? You were taught to, to put Jesus first, the truth, 
that is in Jesus. See, we're taught to put off that old way of life. Don't let it creep back in. It, it wants to creep back in. I'm telling you, our, I've seen it creep back into my life, and I hate it. And only by the Word of God and only by the Holy Spirit that I, I be, realize that I have that new life in Christ and that I was created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. That's a tall standard. But every time you open the Word of God, you are reading holiness and righteousness. And the Holy Spirit makes you holy and righteous. It's the power that is in, in the Word of God, the power that's in the Holy Spirit in you. But if you don't wrote word to God, if you don't trust the Word of God, if you don't constantly get back to it, you're going to chase that little rabbit out there that's wanting you to follow it. That little, whatever it is that's, that's tempting you, that you think that it's keeping you away from Jesus. Don't let it happen. The standard is high. But we were created by God, for God, to be like God, righteous and holy. Only a disciple of Christ can truly follow Him. And only Christ can make us righteous and holy. But, you know, we say to ourselves, we can't do this. God says, with man it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Let's read Matthew chapter 19. Sixteen and following. <clears throat> then just then a man came up to Jesus and asked, Teacher, what good thing must I do to get eternal life? Why do you ask me about what is good? Jesus replied, There is only one who is good. If you want to enter life, keep the commandments. Which ones, he inquired. Jesus replied, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother and love your neighbor as yourself. All these I have kept, the young man said. What? Do I still lack? Jesus answered, If you want to be perfect, go sell all your possessions, give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Then Jesus said to his disciples, Truly, I tell you, it is hard for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of heaven. Again, I tell you, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. When the disciples heard this, they were greatly astonished and asked, Who can then be saved? Jesus looked at them and said, With man this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Peter answered him, We have left everything to follow you. What then will there be for us? Jesus said, Truly I tell you at the renewal of things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you have, and you who have followed me will also sit on the twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. And everyone who has left house Brothers, sisters, or father, or mother, or wife, or children of fields, for my sake, will receive a hundred times as much as, uh, and will inherit eternal life. But many who are first and will be last, and many who are last will be first. You know, the rich man didn't want to give up the last thing. I, I, I really think that we always have that one last thing that stops us from being the disciple Jesus has called us to be. With me, it was my, myself. It was myself in my, all the things that I could accomplish. Until I gave that up, then I realized the, the cost of discipleship, the cost of following Jesus was worth it. Jesus' standards for disciples are higher than I was. Um, but he, uh, he says it's worth it. He says, and, uh, for everyone who has left their houses or brothers or sisters or fathers or mother or wife or children or fields for my sake will receive a hundred times as much and will inherit eternal life. Um, you know, Jesus isn't telling, us, telling me to leave my wife. Jesus is telling me to serve my wife. 
Jesus is telling me to humble myself and pray, and he will uh, bless me more and more, you know. Not only with heaven, but the here and now. I can tell you it, it's been such a blessing over the years that I left softball and recommitted my life to Jesus. Um, we are God's handiwork. You know, he's always working on me. I know that. I still have a lot of work to do. I, I feel like there's still work that I can do through the, the power of, of Jesus living in me. So let's look at that in Ephesians chapter 2. Verses 1 through 10. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the rulers of the kingdom of air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature not uh, deserving of wrath, but because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you've been saved, and grace raised us up with Christ and seated us up with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show us the incomparable riches, his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. That is not for yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. God has a mission for each one of us. He really does. And my prayer today is that you would realize that and you would recommit your life to a higher calling again. Because we, do, we do that every single day. You know, his mercies are new every morning. And I, I'm so thankful for that. And uh, John 15, 8 says, For this is my Father, this is my Father glorified, Jesus said, that you bear much fruit and so prove to be my disciple. It's by your fruit that you prove your, dis- your disciple. It's not by your works. It's not by the works, it's, it's by the fruit that we do for, in the name of Jesus Christ. Um, and basically, our works prove that we're genuine, that we really mean what we say. We stand on the Word of God. We're not wishy-washy about what we know and what we say. When we're disciples of J- Jesus, we bear fruit for his kingdom and bring glory to his name. Notice that we are God's handiwork. Like I said earlier about being an apprentice, I, I, I was my father's handiwork. He kept teaching me how to do this. And, do and, and now I'm Jesus' handiwork. He's been preparing me for another great, a great job to do. There's always more to do for the kingdom. I can't wait for that next person to walk in the door and share the, the love of Jesus with them. Um, disciples uh, are a work in progress, you know, by our Father. Um, read John 15, 1 through 8. John 15, 1 through 8. This is, a, this is really a tremendous uh, scripture by our Lord and Savior. John 15, 1 through 8. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me, and I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit in itself. It must remain in the the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. <coughs> you, if you remind, remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are p- 
picked up and thrown into the fire and burned. If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is, this is, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Now remain in me in, in my love. If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. Brothers and sisters, we, are, um, we, have the, um, we need to remain in the vine, remain in, in Jesus. Um, it's uh, abide by uh, Jesus' words all the time. And what happens? Um, he says, if you remain in me and my words, and I will do whatever you ask, and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. How about the fruit? You know, how are we doing with our fruit? Are we, are we bearing much fruit? Is, is stuff falling off of you all the time in the name of Jesus? Uh, be, a, be a disciple of Jesus. You will, incredible things will happen. Um, I'm going to close with this. He says to be holy in all you do in First Peter. I can't wait for Nick to get into this when he go, goes into Peter, but I'm going to give just a little glimpse of what Peter has to say. Be holy. Therefore, with minds that are alert, fully sober, set your hope on the grace brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you, you have lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Um, when I heard that, I said, how can I do that? That's, that's impossible. That's impossible. But the more I read the word of God, the more Jesus showed me that I can be holy only through his words, through, only through the Holy Spirit. Um, and as disciples, you know, we're called to action. We're called to action. In verse 13, he says, Therefore, with minds that are alert, fully sober, set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Christ Jesus revealed at his coming. So with minds fully alert and fully sober, I'm setting my hope on Jesus Christ. I, I know that everything I do in his name is going to bring glory to the Father. And, and I, I uh, encourage you to do the same thing. Uh, and, and I anticipate his second coming. As a disciple of Christ, I can't wait to see Jesus. I can't wait to see Jesus. Um, finally, he says, be holy because I am holy. Um, verse 14 As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you have when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. We serve a holy God. God is so holy that I can't imagine. I am overwhelmed by the, of, of how holy God is. It's, it's just, God, we can't even understand God. But the key to being holy for you and I is obedience to his word obedience to his word he, he teaches me he draws me closer to my my lord and savior how about how about you are you growing in god's word or happy where you're at um, my prayer today is that um, you desire to be uh, the disciple jesus has called you to be that you hear god's word speaking to you he says whatever whoever wants to be my disciple must must deny himself take up the cross and follow me um, and uh, we can be happy where we're at, and we're going to see our Lord and Savior, but I, I want to see my Lord and Savior with so many other brothers and sisters who came along for the ride because of, of, 
my commitment to him and sowing that seed that's going to bring another another witness for Jesus Christ. I encourage you to be obedient to his word. I encourage you to find your cross, whatever that may be. Whatever that may be. And then we have everything we need to be called one of his disciples. Uh, thank you for hearing my words on disciples. I pray they were encouraging to you and that you would... Uh, renew your commitment to Jesus and say not only am I a Christian I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ I I know him in an intimate way he's my friend he's he's somebody I follow through thick and thin I've given up many things for Jesus and it's been worth it let's all stand and sing the song of invitation